Welcome in, coming to you from the Concurrent Media Studio in the heart of Citrus County. However, you're making this part of your day, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, through the Concurrent Mobile app or website, I'm just sure glad you're joining. Happy Election Day to all of you. It feels like there is a storm brewing. That might be because there is a literal storm brewing as Nicole bears down on the East Coast and could potentially reach us later this week. But I mean a storm brewing tonight, although I don't think election results in Florida are going to be particularly close. If you attended the incredible event for First Lady Casey DeSantis on Saturday like I did, then you heard the voter turnout numbers, which have Republicans with about a 300,000-vote lead with early voting and mail-in ballot voting all but wrapped up. Uh, and that's typically what Democrats win. The fact that Republicans are not only ahead, but ahead by a margin two and a half times the size that Governor DeSantis won by four years ago going into Election Day uh, means that we are going to see some pretty pretty convincing numbers tonight. And why wouldn't we? So no county commission meeting today because of election day, but there was one yesterday. It was Chairman Ron Kitchen and Commissioner Scott Carnahan's last, as well as being the last of County Administrator Randy Oliver. Each of these three men have served roughly eight years and have commanding presences throughout that time. Uh, You could feel it in the room yesterday that this Uh, was truly the end of an era. So while that might be the case in Citrus County yesterday, statewide, I'm looking forward to see the continuation of eras here in Florida. But enough about Election Day statewide. Let's get to local. Let's get right to it. A common term you'll hear in election advertising rhetoric is candidates telling you that they are fighters. I'm a fighter for you. I won't back down from the fight. And I know what you're thinking. Maybe you would just know what I'm talking about if you had heard one more election ad. You didn't quite get your fill this season in 20. You have to wait until 2024, watch a little bit more TV, and maybe you'll know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Jokes aside... Uh, We like our politicians who have a little grit, who have some toughness, who got that dog in them, as they say. Politics itself can be seen as a bare-knuckle, knock-down, drag-out battle, so it feels like an apt comparison to call yourself a fighter. I agree, but for different reasons. Uh, I didn't grow up in the golden age of boxing. But when I was in high school and college, it was the coming of age of UFC. And before it was uh, centraled around UFC, there were several splintered mixed martial arts groups, the MMA, uh, and they were all competing for audiences. This is important because they weren't competing for legitimacy. They were competing for views and popularity and influence. And the common thought at the time was that It had to be raw to get the real viewers. Even the UFC, uh, which was in competition with these lesser leagues, the UFC would allow eye gouging and biting and all these truly grotesque, now illegal moves in order to preserve this idea of intensity that they thought audiences demanded. 
And then along came Dana White. Uh, Dana White, a billionaire who sold UFC to the Fertitta family and ESPN. I forget exactly how much it was. I think it was like $4 billion. Uh, but the value that Dana White gave to the sport was not only its brilliant promotion, although he did do that too, but rather he standardized the professionalism. He got rid of all the stuff that MMA purists thought made the sport different from boxing. And he packaged what could be an arguably diluted version, but one that was far more palatable by mass audiences and more specifically by corporate advertisers. And that's when the UFC started to gain traction over its competitors. This isn't unique to UFC. Uh, football right now is almost unwatchable to anyone who grew up watching it in the 70s and 80s. You can't hit anyone, you might say. It's like they're playing powder puff out there. Uh, you can tell that Tom Brady looks younger today than he did when he entered the league. Uh, football, more than any other major sport, though, is keenly self-aware that it is a television show, not a test of athletic competition. It knows that keeping its stars on camera is going to keep people watching and... You can't keep stars on camera if they're injured, so it keeps tweaking the rules and tweaking the rules, and eventually you have football today, which is more successful as it has ever been, yet highly regulated. Um, these franchises 20 years ago were worth $400 million, and now Jeff Bezos is probably going to buy the team in Washington for $6 billion that hasn't won a playoff game since 2005. 17 years and three name changes to the franchise and now it's worth in the billions instead of about half a billion. Uh, call it what you want. It might not be the game that you want to watch. Soft football, a ruined version of something you used to love. Uh, but you know what the owners call it? Valuable. And that's what professionalism does. And I truly believe that's the difference between competing wings of the Republican Party right now. And this isn't just locally. It applies locally just as much as it would anywhere. Uh, and it's not that one side of the party is better than another, but one side is clearly more professional. They understand what it takes to get corporate sponsors to event, to attract VIPs and the guest speakers of the caliber that we had on Saturday. But Bobby might be saying, you're talking about selling out to the elites. No, it goes deeper than that. It's about understanding the whole process. And then there's this idea among some that we need unity. There's too much infighting in the Republican Party, and it would be so much better if we just all came together. Okay, I like the sentiment, if that's what you're actually saying. But it's not unity that some people are after. It's conformity. It's join us or else we'll try to get rid of you through accusations of not being Republican enough or that I don't, uh, I don't like what you're doing. Now, these people that are doing this are few in number, and I honestly don't even think they're bad people. I think they just misunderstand the importance of professionalism. Some likely don't even know the certain ways about how all this works, so they aren't acting out of malfeasance, but rather out of ignorance. And I know that sounds condescending and bad, but I mean it as only for one of the reasons as to why this is happening. You're always going to get people who think Dana White ruined the purity of UFC rawness 
through outlying or, or outlawing skin scratching or whatever, uh, you're going to get people who turn a, the channel away from CBS at 1 p.m. on Sunday because they can't bear to watch the watered-down version of football that they once loved. And you're always going to get people pointing at other Republicans saying they're not Republican enough because they don't follow the orthodoxy that you do. But in reality, at the end of the day, professionalism will always be more valuable. It just is. Getting to topic two, but first, I've heard some from some people asking how they can support the podcast. Well, the first thing you could do would be to tell your friends about it, share it on social media. The next thing you would be uh, able to do is click subscribe on whatever platform you're listening from. Apple Podcasts, for example, if you're feeling really generous, back, drop a rating based on whatever value you get from the show. Uh, thank you for your support, and thank you for listening. Oh, <sighs> Has anyone noticed how nice I've been being to the Chronicle lately? On Saturday, there's Facebook post, which acknowledged the, their great placement of our recent announcement from the sheriff's office. On Sunday, I defended their wraparound ad. We call those spadias uh, from the city of Inverness after there was some unfounded speculation that it was electioneering tactic. Uh, I've been nothing but Chronicle friendly for at least the last 72 hours. <laughs> and it all ends now. <laughs> Uh, it's not that I want to be unfriendly, but the Sunday editorial exemplifies what drives me insane about the Chronicle opinion journalism. Uh, Sunday's editorial was about the need for a Baker Act facility, blaming the county commission as well as the Citrus County Hospital Board for not having already willingly turned over $2 million each without any stipulation uh, to the nonprofit Lifestream that would be using it for a Baker Act facility. A couple of things before we get into why this editorial needed another rewrite. First, there are factual inaccuracies within the editorial. The piece states that Lifestream has already committed $2 million to the project. This actually undersells what Lifestream has put up. They've paid $1.5 million for the land the project will be on and have agreed to front half the project, $6 million in addition to the cost of the land. Uh, errors like this undermine the credibility of the author's voice, and since the author is the entire editorial board representing the most informed voices of the people, mistakes like this are inexcusable. I'll always cite the December 2020 uh, when the Chronicle editorial casually stated that uh, the Chamber and the United Way could facilitate CARES Act funds cheaper than what the county was doing which is at best a misrepresentation of reality and was at worst an outright lie. Uh, that's one of the defining moments that led me to start the concurrent in the first place. So there's also incredibly poor word choice throughout this uh, for anyone who hasn't been following the project closely. The editorial calls the $2 million a donation which it most certainly can't be from the county in order to use American Rescue Plan Act funds or ARPA funds uh, that they would want to do for this. It also has to be defined as providing a service. In this case, the service is keeping the deputies in county that would otherwise have to expend resources transporting Baker Act patients to Leesburg as they do now. This feels like semantics. Uh, oh, who cares? Well, lawyers do, and the public should too. Lastly, there's error by omission. Uh, editorials are meant to take a stance and argue a point, and I get that. 
but to outright ignore the opposing viewpoint is unhelpful to the county discourse. Livestream likely is the right organization to deliver us this facility, but there have been concerns. Uh, if the paper is truly acting as the watchdog for the people, the ultimate fourth estate, these need to at the very least be mentioned. Livestream so far has failed on delivering a contractually obligated performance metric reports, and when called out on it two months ago, they assured the commissioners that it was an error with the middleman and that they would deliver them immediately. Uh, and as far as I know, the commission still doesn't have the reports. There's also an opportunity for the county to gain some value in return of this deal. Right now, while it's not sitting well, or what reason why right now it's not sitting well with some of the commissioners and with most of the hospital board is because it does feel too live stream friendly. And there is room to provide greater equity. Uh, the concurrent has suggested a couple of these uh, in the form of scholarships to local Citrus County behavioral science students to study out of the facility free of tuition cost. The Chronicle editorial board has a lot of new faces, a lot of aging writers, and no one can be an expert on all things, which is to be expected when you have to produce daily arguments in favor of certain positions. But this was bad, and it pains me to say that because it feels to me, and I'm just speculating here, but as a writing professor, this has all the hallmarks of someone who hasn't been doing this for a very long time. So I'm guessing it was one of the newer faces to the editorial board, and I respect the hell out of the people that they recently added. So I'm sorry if I'm crushing an experience because I'm sure it will get better. But the paper has an obligation to the public, and the Sunday editorial, more than any other column inch in the paper, including the front page, uh, the obligation is to deliver clear, factual editorial journalism, and this just fell well short of that. That's all from the Bobby Winslow Show. Follow the Concurrent on social media. We'll be back uh, for the latest updates next Tuesday at noon. If you want to follow this conversation, just download the mobile app. It's got all of our social media from the Facebook to the Twitter, including our discussion boards, which have been on fire lately. Thanks to all of you. Uh, I will catch you next week.